You're listening to a podcast from the Trinity Long Room Hub Arts and Humanities Research Institute. Good morning, everyone. Um, welcome back to the new term. I hope you had a lovely Christmas and New Year break. Um, and it is my absolute pleasure to introduce. Um, the speaker for the very first week of SARF this uh, semester, Kat Murphy. She's a PhD student based in the film department in Trinity uh, College Dublin under the supervision of Dr. Jennifer Almara. She's also a teaching assistant and resident early career researcher in the Long Room Hub. Her publications include an article on AI and surrealist body horror uh, for convergence and on Instagram and altruism for Nexus. She has recently presented papers on effective intermediality and the Wes Anderson TikTok trend and on male stardom and TikTok fandoms. Um, and today she she's going to give a presentation um, entitled, as you can see on the screen, um, and it will be roughly 30 minutes followed by questions um, by your guys. So. Um, over to you, Pat. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Ying Jun. Um, so uh, I'll start right away. Thank you for coming. Um, when we think of screen media, uh, we might imagine the screens in our pockets. Um, we might imagine the cinema screen. Um, we might imagine the screens in our homes and in our streets. Screens are ubiquitous. It's hard to get away from them. Um, as a discipline, film studies has adapted to these developments. We now incorporate new media uh, into our course curricula um, at conferences in scholarship. Um, the term screen studies has become a popular catch-all term. Cinema is now intrinsically connected to new media through a slow process of digital amalgamation. Since the 1990s, all stages of filmmaking have become digital. Um, we no longer have to watch films in the collective viewing space of the theatre. Um, we can watch a feature-length movie on our smartphones and at the same time we can make movies on our smartphones. The smartphone is both a projector, screen and a camera. It has this dual purpose. Now, I'm going to show you one video um, first and then a second video uh, featuring director David Lynch, who I assume you're all familiar with. Um, in the first video from 2007, which I'm going to show you, uh, the same year the first iPhone uh, was launched, uh, Lynch was interviewed for uh, Inland Empire, um, and he stated in this very famous interview, You're playing the movie on a telephone. You will never, in a trillion years experience the film you'll think you have experienced it but you'll be <clears throat> cheated it's a, such a sadness that you think you've seen a film on your fucking telephone get real so um the person who uploaded that obviously edited the video to make it seem like an ad for for iphone adding that music in um, but then, we have a second video uh, from 2020. We see Lynch uh, carving an iPhone holder. So, I'll show you that. 
Well, what I'm working on today, I'll share with you. I'm working on this thing that it will hold a telephone, the phone camera. And the phone, the iPhone, slides into this slot. And if you notice, because the iPhone has these buttons protruding, gotta make a slot. So when you slide the phone in, it doesn't activate those buttons. And then this wood in here is shaped to take the roundness of the phone and it slides in there. Between those 13 years, Lynch seemed to have softened his approach to the smartphone. It was no longer um, an enemy, but, um, sorry, but a daily tool. You may remember that during and after the pandemic, Lynch would post daily vlogs like that second video. In that first video I show you, I think it's quite significant that Lynch referred um, in an archaic sense to the iPhone as a telephone. Um, he corrects himself in the second video in 2020. If we think back to Marshall McLuhan's um, division of media into low definition, cool media and hot, high definition media, um, the telephone is low definition, according to Marshall McLuhan. Um, a telephone call doesn't provide much information. We have to work to extract information from the other end of the call. Um, on the other hand, cinema is high definition. It doesn't require that much direct interaction from audiences. The smartphone usefully combines these two media forms, but Lynch sees the smartphone as low definition, cool media. Um, so he's really deriding it in that sense by kind of degrading it to, to low definition, uh, cool medium. But of course the smartphone co combines both. Significantly in an interview here with uh, Cahiers du Cinéma in 2017, Lynch was asked if he films with his smartphone. Now he does make a, a di distinction between filming a film with a smartphone and just filming his daily life with a smartphone. Um, and he responded that he only uses his iPhone rarely and only to capture ephemeral minutia, like a spider catching a fly in its web. Um, if you're familiar with Lynch's work, uh, this imagery is quite Lynchian. Uh, you know, insects um, that kind of allude back to surrealism and Louis Bunuel. Um, this very Lynchian imagery is something he films with his iPhone. Why, I wonder? Why um, these very small, um, kind of minute um, events? Lynch's um, quotation where he, he swears features in André Gaudreau's and Philippe Marion's monograph on the crisis of cinema in the digital age. They uncover the multiple deaths of cinema from its own birth to the present day. Quote, this situation is at the very least paradoxical because on the one hand, cinema is seeing its modes of expression spread into other audiovisual practices, whereas on the other hand, it is losing its hegemony in the very place, the movie theatre, uh, that for the longest time has been dedicated um, to it alone, end quote. So basically, cinema is continuously dying uh, while it is also seeping into other media. Smartphone films are now screened in cinemas and at festivals, and films are now screened on smartphones. In um, J. Uh, David Bolter and Richard Grusin's landmark book, Remediation, they outline how, quote, 
Digital visual media can best be understood through the ways in which they honour, rival and revise old media. What is new about new media comes from the particular ways in which they refashion older media and the ways in which older media refashion themselves to answer the challenges of new media, end quote. Cinema must compete with new media while at the same time absorbing these new technologies. My research is focusing primarily on this contemporary crisis, looking back as well as looking forward to the present day. And here's just a brief outline of some important developments in the past 20 or so years. In the 1990s to the 2000s, of course, we had the digital turn in uh, film production. Um, 2005, YouTube was launched. 2007, the iPhone. 2010, Instagram. TikTok in 2017, the international version. Um, and 2020, of course, we had the COVID-19 lockdown. Um, cinemas were closed worldwide. It was perhaps the first um, time that people were not going to the cinema um, in large numbers. Um, and at the same time, it seemed there was more public access to AI generators for the public. Um, in 2023, we had SAG-AFTRA um, disputes about AI, and those disputes are ongoing. They haven't been uh, really resolved. Um, and in 2024, this week at Göteborg uh, Film Festival, an AI remake of Ingmar Bergman's uh, Persona is being screened, where uh, actress Liv Ullmann is being replaced by Alma Pussy uh, through AI, and my supervisor is actually at that screening uh, at the moment, so I'm very envious. Um, but this very, this very anecdotal brief outline just really shows um, the abundance of screens and the new forms of authorship and co-authorship that are being brought about by new media uh, technologies. Um, my research takes inspiration from two essays published in 1948 by film critic and filmmaker Alexander Struck, um, The Birth of a New Avant-Garde, La Camera Stilo, and The Future of Cinema, published uh, in the same year. As Struck um, saw the coming of television as another major crisis that cinema faced at that time, Screens were now domesticated and lightweight cameras were becoming widely available. He writes that with television and 16mm, the time is not far off when everyone will possess a camera, or sorry, possess a projector. There will be libraries of screen media and an endless variety. There will be not one, but multiple cinemas. Ordinary citizens will be filming out on the streets and in their homes. His most famous theory is camera stilo or camera pen. Um, the idea that a true filmmaker as author could wield the camera as a writer wields a pen in their hand. This was a foundational theory for the development of auteur theory in the 1950s and 60s, um, a line of inquiry that centres in auteur's work and personal vision in the study of film. Despite studio influences, despite the existence of a film crew, the auteur is capable of expressing his, and when I say his, uh, I'm being quite literal there because a lot of these critics were using the term his uh, back in the 1950s, um, his singular vision through the camera's lens. The camera stilo is meant to be personal, tactile, off the cuff and freewheeling. Thus, cinema would no longer be bound by the screenplay, by the written word, or the spectres of literature and fairground amusement. It would become its own language. A number of filmmakers have some uh, similar conclusions. They've come to similar conclusions independently of uh, Astruc. 
um, talking about their own filmmaking, including prolific um, Austrian director Josef von Sternberg, uh, who notes, the motion picture camera writes its own language. Russian filmmaker Andrei Tarkovsky would later propose that for him, directing a film is sculpting in time. Just as a sculptor takes a lump of marble and, inwardly conscious of the features of his finished piece, removes everything that is not part of it, again, using uh, the gendered term, his. Um, Bel uh, French-Belgian filmmaker Agnès Varda, one of the faces of the new wave, feminist filmmaker, proposed her own theory of cine-criture, cine-writing. Um, for me, quote, film is not written by the screenplay or the dialogue, it's written by the way of filming, end quote. Avant-garde filmmaker Jonas Mekas from uh, Lithuania predicted that cinema's salvation lies no less in 8mm film. Great films would thus be those which, made with even smaller uh, and more affordable devices, give image the experience of the world that is both gripping and grasped uh, by the body of a filmmaker. And whether or, not, um, whether or not this body is that of a filmmaker, properly speaking, matters little in the end, uh, as Richard Begel notes. These filmmakers are very different uh, in their styles, as you may know. Um, of course, Mekas and Varda probably align more with Astruc's vision of freewheeling off-the-cuff avant-garde filmmaking, um, preferring small, compact cameras like camcorders um, and 16 millimeters. Sorry, I have the quotes here. Um, so four very different filmmakers were coming to similar conclusions about authorship and crafting uh, work by hand. What Astruc, Varda and Mekas are essentially describing in different terms is mobileography. So what is mobileography? I use the term mobileography for the practice of wielding a small handheld or body-attached compact mobile camera. Mobileographer, similar to cinematographer, combines mobilis, mobility, and graph writing. This term is also used by Dean Keep, Richard Begin, and Godreau and Marion. It is an inclusive alternative to filmmaker, which is quite a loaded term, filmmaker, um, and it is not specific to any location, digital, analog cameras, uh, culture of movement, or profession. My research is looking at mobileography, uh, primarily in the intersections of these four strands derived from Estruc's 1948 essays. Case studies are taken from both narrative traditional cinema and social media profiles, primarily video and image-based uh, uh, platforms, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And this is just a small uh, sample of the books that are relevant to my research and that are shaping my uh, ideas, uh, from Lev Manovich's Language of New Media to more recent analysis of uh, social media uh, platforms. My research is relevant to the study of post-cinema, as well as approaches in media, archaeology, and uh, intermedial studies. More specifically, my research is indebted to uh, existing literature and ideas about the camera stilo uh, in the digital era from Timothy Corrigan's uh, landmark essay on the commerce of auteurism from 1990 to Adrian Martin, who translated uh, Struck's work, uh, and Raymond Bellour as well, uh, and more recently, Liz Burke and Bjorn Sorensen. It is to this body of scholarship that I am contributing uh, the first major study of the camera stilo uh, in the social media era. For example, um, Sorensen asks, does expanded access to digital production means and distribution channels of audiovisual media also imply an enhancement of the democratic potential of these media 
traditionally dominated by producers with access to capital. He goes on, a major point for Astruc was that the perceived new media situation would open up alternative ways and means of audiovisual expression, hence his insistence of connecting the uh, new technology with the aesthetics of the avant-garde. For him, the new technological possibilities meant more than just a democratization of the medium. Instead, he regarded it as a necessary rejuvenation of the film form, liberating it from the old. Um, could it be that parts of the vision are being realized today? So I'm asking a similar question to, to Sorensen about social media uh, aesthetics and practices. And similarly, um, Liz Burke, referring to Agnes Varda's Cine uh, Criture, writes, Astruc's writing is a useful way for me to think about what the linguistic and discursive registers of the mobile phone-based film are. Filming with a mobile phone can be seen as an innovation within a history that stretches from the development of 16mm cameras. Um, and it's not as though smartphones are better than 16mm cameras. Um, Liz Burke and others are just placing the smartphone in this lineage that doesn't necessarily go in a straight line. And they're all in this sort of family of, of camera uh, technologies. So taking a post-cinema uh, approach to, to screen media. Um, just moving on now. Um, my research is also informed by imperfect um, cinema formulated by Cuban filmmaker uh, Julio Garcia Espinosa, uh, which is related to Latin American uh, third cinema theory which rejects both Hollywood studio filmmaking and um, second cinema, European auteur uh, cinema, um, preferring instead collective and non-commercial uh, means of producing cinema. Espinosa writes, we know that we are filmmakers because we have been part of the minority which has had the time and the circumstances needed to develop within itself an artistic culture because the media, material resources of film technology are limited and therefore available to some, not uh, to all. But what happens if, and he goes on, the evolution of film technology um, makes it possible that this technology ceases being the privilege of just a few. We can see firm similarities between this and Astruc's vision in 1948, before that, and indeed, uh, Dr. Katazita um, has published um, a chapter on smartphone filmmaking as uh, imperfect, imperfect cinema. So I recommend uh, looking at Katazita's work on that. Um, smartphone mobilography is um, in the hands of the people, certainly, but it also seeps into auteur and artos cinema, professional cinema. Ordinary people use smartphones, but so do professional filmmakers. Older established auteurs have taken to social media in recent years to express themselves. Um, whether it is Martin Scorsese and his daughter Francesca on TikTok, Godard using his uh, iPhone, Jonas Mekas on YouTube, Varda on Instagram, or Paul Schrader ranting and posting on Facebook. Um, these filmmakers are taking advantage of the uh, creative affordances of social media. Scorsese have, has even gone so far as to describe the image on the iPhone as the new cinema verite. For example, in an article I published um, uh, two years ago in Nexus, I examined how French filmmaker Claire Denis uses uh, Instagram as an extension of herself and her body of work, where she posts selfies and other evocative videos with uh, her own smartphone. My research is also concerned with films that incorporate smartphones and social media in their narratives. 
especially films that are about artists, auteurs, or various uh, political and social crises. These are films where the smartphone is both a useful tool and a menacing device in the breakdown of communication, reputations, and even characters' lives. On the one hand, there were films shot entirely on smartphones, like Tangerine by Sean Baker, and on the other hand, we see more traditional films like Tar that incorporate smartphone footage in their stories. So I'm very interested in this range uh, of films from different filmmakers and um, for their haptic and uh, cross-media intermedial qualities. What we're seeing here is effective intermediality, excess, a surplus in the cinematic image, as the medium is reaching beyond its own conventional boundaries and into ways of expression attributed to the other arts. Cinema is displaying its passion for expanding beyond cinema, according to Agnes Pateau. So, social media is porous to cinema, and cinema is porous to social media. And just moving on to one case study example. Fans and cinephiles um, are also capable of becoming mobilographers. As one example of cinema seeping into social media and vice versa, the Anderson TikTok trend from 2023 coincided with the marketing for Asteroid City. Fans, corporations, institutions, politicians and celebrities, and even people in war zones uh, took part in the trend in April that recreated an Andersonian mise-en-scene. Often with no budget, people used their own surroundings. A TikTok user in Ukraine even made her own version using a backdrop of destroyed apartment buildings. TikTok creators in this, these videos typically placed themselves in frame, centrally, as characters or even auteurs. Here, Carl Rothwell on the right is seemingly impersonating Jean-Luc Godard or uh, Anderson's own character, um, Max Fisher. The trend's rapid virality in April permeated the film industry itself and Wes Anderson's own uh, film. At a Cannes press interview in May, Scarlett Johansson and other actors from Asteroid City uh, were asked by the film's distributor, Universal, to mimic the TikTok uh, trend to promote the film. The actors sat motionless and uh, expressionless at the centre of the vertical smartphone frame. They were not even mimicking their own characters from the film, per se, but more so the fans and cinephiles who um, created the trend. Just as um, the TikTok trend started, we also saw freely available uh, augmented reality filters that aim to make the world look like a Wes Anderson film. In this way, users are seeing the world cinematically, viewing reality and real people through an Andersonian lens. <coughs> Even war zones like Ukraine can be viewed through a pink pastel filter. Tutorials on how to get that Wes Anderson filter uh, instruct users what colours and fonts to use and how to achieve vintage and hipster aesthetics. At least one uh, perhaps worrying example of AOR filters being used to create meaning is the voyeuristic use of AOR on strangers in public on the streets who just happen to look Andersonian because of their fashion sense. Um, so there's one example there that I anon anonymized. Um, the, the poor man doesn't know that he's part of a, of a, a talk at the Long Room Hub. Um, <laughs> And of course, there is now a non-human component to the uh, creation of fan works. Freely available AI image and video generation had emerged by 2022, 
Uh, with the assistance of AI, fans may create in, uh, entire fake trailers for new Wes Anderson films. In a paper published in Convergence, Jennifer uh, O'Mara and I noted how Wes Anderson AI outputs tend to emphasize symmetrical compositions and pastel color palettes that we associate with his oeuvre. Uh, we surmise that Anderson's falsely attributed mise-en-scene, his body of work, represents him in AI's aberrant co-creations, seemingly distorting Astruc's initial camera stilo theory by lending the pen to AI, let's say. What seems to be happening is that auteur theory itself is being provoked. The technical competence, personality, and interior meaning uh, derived from um, Andrew Saris's famous diagram from 1962, and the interior meaning of Anderson's auteur status are being mimicked, uh, provoked, and remediated, while still centering him um, in these fan works. So it's kind of it's paradoxical in a sense. So can AI really do this? Um, perhaps it will be able to in the future, or does it lack the humanity, the soul, uh, to, to achieve this? Directors uh, themselves have criticised uh, recent fan works. Tim Burton, for example, commented that AI is like a robot taking your humanity. Wes Anderson has disowned the TikTok trend, saying he'll immediately erase it if friends send him any videos. He refers to protecting himself from all that stuff, signalling contamination. Cinema, which is porous to other media, is seemingly threatened by social media in this scenario. As an artist, Anderson is ironically trying to protect himself from the overflow of TikTok fanworks into his own body of work. Whether or not he can stop this contamination is of perhaps little concern to his fans, ironically. While they appreciate his work, fans are also engaging with the creative affordances of platforms like TikTok, wielding their own authority. As a cinephile and fan myself, I have participated in the remediation of the 1966 film Blow Up by Michelangelo Antonioni. Using my own hands to navigate on my laptop and iPhone screens the world of Antonioni's London through Google Maps technology. The desktop documentary, the videographic essay or criticism, and the essay films are all realisations of the camera stilo today. Um, you can see Mark Cousins' tweet uh, or Adrian Martin's uh, work for more um, on that. What's more, although I have not had time to d delve into this um, important aspect with you today, my research is also concerned with uh, collective means of mobileography and social media, including activist videos on the Instagram page I on Palestine, followed by over 10 million people. This mode of mobileography is very much related to existing forms of filmmaking, uh, from Ziga Vertov's Kino Eye to um, Espinosa's Imperfect Cinema to what Paula Rabinowitz uh, calls video verite. Idealistically, um, the camera stilo does not belong to just professional filmmakers or auteurs, um, but more generally uh, to anyone for whom uh, the flexible mobile camera offers a means of expression. So it's not just for people like Barda and Lynch, it's for everybody, uh, idealistically. Um, what I've talked about here today is just an overview of my research so far. Um, it's a work in progress. I'm in my third year of my PhD. Um, my aims are to coalesce existing ideas and technology to find what the camera silo means um, in a world where a large percentage of the population owns a camera. Um, while my research cannot cover all aspects of the camera silo, 
Um, I, include, I aim to include women um, who were largely removed from auteur theory in the 1950s in my research, uh, as well as non-Western identities uh, that Astruc doesn't uh, mention, but others like Espinosa and Wessels uh, do. Um, and see here are some uh, selected references, although there are more, way more than that, uh, but these are important ones. Um, if you're interested in following up um, on any more scholarship on this topic, I re recommend um, looking at uh, these uh, scholars. Um, I'd like to thank the, the Long Room Hub um, for taking me on as a resident early career researcher. Um, I'd like to thank, to thank um, Trinity College Dublin and the Provost uh, PhD Project Award for funding my research. And thank you to Dr. Jennifer O'Mara, who isn't here today, uh, but is at Jotaborg uh, Film Festival. Thank you for your, your, your supervision. Um, and thank you very much, and um, I'll take any, any questions.